Good morning, everybody. How's it going out there? Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Justice Revolution. I'm your host, James the Patriot. I have with me my ever so faithful co-hosts, Justice and Erica. Say hello, guys. Hey, Hi, everybody. Guys. Oh, you, can you all just tell that Erica is beaming right now? I mean, we we touched on this last week, or not last week, but our last episode. In case those of you who missed it, she is expecting yay, and. She's in her second trimester and she's feeling good, right? I'm feeling great. And in <laughs> fact, I wanted to just, I wanted to give a shout out. We have like a really amazing audience. Have you noticed like oh, yeah. how cool the people are who are in this, this group? They are like just so helpful and wonderful. And they send us all kinds of resources to check out. And um, just this last week, I had um, someone named LW contact me and provide me with a resource for the pregnancy that has ended up changing my life actually. Yeah. Because like in this freedom movement, right? Like as we become more and more awake as a, as a collective body of people, we're all at different stages, right? You've got your new people who are just coming in, who are having lots of questions and just realizing a lot of different stuff and bless their hearts and one thing i want to give you shout out for james is that you're so welcoming and kind to the newbies like you don't eat your young (laughs) well everybody's learning at their own pace right i was there too yes we were all there and but in this community of people i've noticed not this one specifically but in the freedom community that's a trend you see is people eating their young and yeah. just annihilating them for asking questions yeah. and yeah. all caps shouting what idiots they are. And <laughs> it's just unacceptable. And so like, I think it's wonderful that you greet everybody and you're helpful and you're kind. And, and I think that's what um, people find so wonderful, but yeah, um, here in this community of freedom, we, we focus on all kinds of things. We're focusing on the law um, as a, as a, as a former Western medicine nurse, I have exited that scene and have been making medicines and learning all about how the body actually works. And so I'm doing my own relearning in that area. But in the area of birth, it's like, it's like the one area that people seem to be okay with inviting the medical mafia Mm -hmm. into your life. And it's like, it's like you're negligent and um, ridiculous if you don't do that. That's yeah. how we've gotten to this point. And so that's what LW sent me was just a reminder because I was going to do a home birth with a midwife and all that stuff, but to avoid going into the medical world. But as I researched it more after the stuff she sent me, I was like, oh my gosh, it's just another way that you're inviting that into your home and into your life because they're they're owned by the state. The midwives are owned by the state too. Yeah. So anyway, and then, yeah, just like the different articles and research things. You guys are just so awesome. You're so well-researched and, and helpful. And I just, I just love you guys. Thank you for your kindness. That is so awesome. Yes. Thank you everybody to our wonderful, our, I don't know what we call them. Our listeners are, they're not our followers. Cause this is not a cult. Okay. I'm going to make that very clear. <laughs> our, our, our sisters. Yes. Our right. brothers and sisters across this great nation. I noticed uh, Barbara B from Southeast Texas. Hello, Harrington. Nice to see you guys. Really glad you guys join us. Always a diesel for we, the people's always here as well, Charlie. And then uh, ever so faithful C to AZ. 
so glad you guys are here. Uh, yeah, Harrington, you're right. We, we're called to uplift and edify one another. That's that's absolutely true. Okay, now this just needs to stop right here. That's <laughs> <not> <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Harrington, but no, not all hail James, no. <laughs> James um, has got a wonderful heart, and I'm so glad to know him. James uh, volunteered last night at a local meeting. I was going to go, but I didn't uh, go. It was an hour away from where I'm at, and um, it was snowing, so I didn't want to drive. But um, he volunteered to help people understand more about these fraudulent property taxes and so forth, you know, at a home meeting. And that's, you know, these grassroots are happening and starting. People are taking their time to educate one another to pull us out of this system. That's why I'm always like, beware of these people that hide behind the paywalls. We all need to get paid. And I get that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if we all really truly want to be free, we're going to volunteer to share everything we know with one another, just like Erica does about the medical yeah. system. So yeah. anyway, we love you, James. No, thank you guys. Thank you. It, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, so I do want to give a shout out to the Weber County Patriots group, um, Jennifer and Kathy and, and the rest of you all. Thank you, Jim. Thank you all for allowing me to come and uh, spend a couple of hours with you guys. It was a lot of fun. You know, we went over, a number of different things, but, um, at the end of the day, it's like, we're, it's like, just like you said, Erica, this is a journey and we're all on our journey and it's, and it depends on where we are in that process. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, right. So, you know, and, and that's kind of my approach. I mean, I've, I've always loved, I've always loved teaching. I've just, you know, I, I kind of feel like in a different life, I, I would have been like a, a teacher in the education system, but I want nothing to do with the education system. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I like to do it this way. This is my way. And, and, and I can share, what I've learned and what I'm doing. Cause I, I don't believe in, I'm not a, I'm not a kind of guy that's just like, okay, here, here's what you need to do. Now go do it. No, I'm, I'm going to do it myself. And then I'm going to say, Hey, this is what I did. And this is what worked. And this is what didn't work. I have no qualms whatsoever with sharing my failures. I think if we share failures, that's what makes us stronger. Yeah. I was a fitness instructor and private trainer for 30 years. And that's what I did. I'm like, I'd never tell you to take a supplement or do something that I haven't tried on myself. So you're not willing to do yourself. Yeah. Right. And because it works on me <laughs> or doesn't work on me, it doesn't mean it won't work on you. We all have different blood types and everything. So exactly. But at least exactly. you have knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Thank you guys. Um, real quick. I just uh, say what has a question. How's the federal income tax fiasco going? It's, it's <laughs> definitely a fiasco. Um, I touched on this a little bit last night with uh, the Weber County Patriots, but um, they're basically stonewalling say what. So I have put, I've backed them into a corner and I've said, you guys have zero evidence that I'm a taxpayer. You've taken my money. I want it back. And they're basically just stonewalling. So my next step, unfortunately, is going to be, um, is going to be um, suing them. I mean, I, I don't know any other way around it. And this is one of the interesting things. So because you guys know I'm a proponent of of moving things in the federal district court. Um, however, where this is a federal issue, where I've got an issue with a federal agency, this is one case where it might actually make sense to sue them in state court, bring them into the state court. So, and if they want to have this remanded to federal court, then they, they'll have to do that. So I'm still deciding what I want to do there. Um, but uh, I'm working on that. Really, I'm just so, I'm more focused on my property tax suit right now. I want to make sure I get that one squared away before I initiate others. So as you guys can imagine, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so, so that, that's where that stands. So anyway, um, so let's get into the topic of the show, 
rules that a pro se must follow to win. This is episode number two. We we only actually got through the two rules <laughs> last time, right, Erica? Right. We got through the two. Out of rules. what? Twenty? I think there there, was... there's there's nineteen. On nineteen. Them, yeah. Yep. <laughs> there's nineteen. So I am going to share. I'm going to share my screen here. Let's see. There we go. Oh gosh, dang it! All right, I'm sorry. Stupid computer. This is a new computer. I have to, um, I have to jump off and then jump back on before I can share my screen. So I will be right back. So, no pressure, Erica, but it's on you to fill the space for a couple of minutes here. <laughs> I'll be, I will be right back. Hey everybody! <laughs> and it's just so fun to be on this show with James because, like. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a truth seeker too. You know, I don't <clears throat> have any extra set of special skills. I just started out on this process, the same as all the rest of you. So, um, it's just a time for me to learn as well. So this is the only time that I actually get in touch with the world. That was pretty fast. Was that, was that good? Yeah, I didn't, I leave, I didn't leave you hanging up. by yourself for too long. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is just, the only time that I even get updates from the world because I'm out in the middle of the woods. Good. Um, and Good. so this is where I get my news and my education too. I mean, I study all week long on different stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm learning at the same time. Good. Uh, Bill Crane. Yeah, this is, yeah, absolutely. Um, feel free to ask any questions that you like, and, and it's absolutely fine to talk about Alphonse's case and, and Brandon's suits. Um, Brandon's, I'm not really sure. I haven't heard much on that. I know that the, the major suit that he's involved in, um, it keeps going back and forth between the courts. Like the district court says you need to go back to the tribal court. The tribal court says you don't have this. You got to go to the district. I mean, they're basically just going like this, right? It's This isn't our problem. It's their problem. No, it's not our problem. It's their problem. So that's, as far as I know, that's where Brandon's sits. Um with Alphonse's suit, the judge in his case, um, if you guys may or may not have known, the judge dismissed his lawsuit on the basis that the court doesn't have subject matter jurisdiction. Um, and he used the, uh, we've talked about this, he used the federal statute that says if a taxpayer has an issue with a the tax, they have to file in the state court. Well, the key word there was taxpayer. And so what's what's interesting is the judge has backed himself into a corner because he referenced cases that state taxpayer, taxpayer, taxpayer. And so Alphonse filed a a motion for reconsideration. And he's basically saying, hey, uh, I'm not a taxpayer here. This doesn't apply. You're making a big mistake. And if the judge denies that motion for reconsideration, his plan is to appeal it to um, I think he's in the second court of appeals. I'm not sure. Anyway, that's his plan. So, so that's where his his suit sits. And then mine, just a quick update on my suit is um, I filed a motion for leave to amend my complaint, and I'm just waiting for the court to issue a ruling on that. So I'm going to gently nudge the court along uh, every couple of days. I'm going to send an email to the judge's chambers and just say, "Hey, judge, where does where does this sit? I'm just anxious to get moving on this. As you guys know, justice delayed is justice denied. So. Anyway, so that's where that's where that sits. Okay, now I should be able to present my screen. Hey, there we go. 
All right. Let me pull this up. All right. You guys seeing that? Yep. yep. 19 rules a pro se must follow to win, as told by George Gordon. So if you guys remember uh, um, in our last episode, so this would have been the one before Christmas, um, The I told you I, I had was turned on to, to this gentleman. His name is George Gordon. He actually lived up in Idaho, not too far from me. Um, he has since passed away, but he has been doing everything that we have been preaching, and he's been doing it since the mid-'70s. So the videos that you can find on YouTube, if you just search his name, George Gordon, um, you're going to find like 20 or 30 videos, maybe longer of, of his lessons that he's given. And there's a lot of really good stuff there. There's some stuff that you again, again, you have to take it with a grain of salt, but there's a lot of really good stuff in that. And what's interesting is he was doing this back in the eighties and we were still seeing the problems in 1983, 84, 85, when he was given this stuff as we are today, it just doesn't change. So he came up with these 19 rules that a pro se must follow in order to win any case you're involved in. Now, this case can be a case where the government is, is coming after you. So let's say it's a traffic related case. Um, you're traveling, traveling without a driver's license, something like that. Okay. Or this can also be if you're on, if you're going on offense like like what we are. So some of these things are going to pertain more so to when the government is trying to come after you. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna go through these here uh, for the rest of the time. Uh, we're just gonna do a quick recap on rule number one. Remember rule number one, Erica? Keep your mouth closed. <laughs> Don't say anything. Do not speak. Do not say anything. Do not pass go. Do not collect your $200. Obviously, I threw that in there. Anything you say can and will be used as evidence against you. This is the biggest rule. This The reason why this is rule number one is because this is the rule that is most often violated by pro se's or by just people in general, just everyday men and women. When you get pulled over and that cop comes up to your window First thing we do is, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to, or I, I was just in a hurry, or I was trying to do this. And, and what are you doing there? What are you doing to yourself when you say stuff like that, Erica? You're incriminating yourself. You're incriminating yourself. You're giving, again, you guys have to know and understand that in order for the state to prove their case, they must be able to show with evidence that you had an intent to break a law. But how, how can you show that you had an intent to break a law when there was no victim involved? And so now the only way they can get you on the hook is because they get you to self-incriminate yourself. So you have a right to remain silent. I strongly suggest you do so. <laughs> Just don't say anything. Right. You don't need to. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this process and what you should do when you're pulled over and how you should act. Now, again... It's going to take you, – you've got to have the right temperature for this. It's going to be different for everybody. So um, it's going to be – like I said, it's 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 not you know a, a walk in the park, so to speak, sometimes when dealing with some of these members of the police state that we're living in. I mean, we had this discussion last night with that, with that group I was with. There was um, – I think you remember, Erica, we talked about this. There was a gentleman, a young man who would have been – we talked about it. He would have been 22 this month. Um, he was killed by the police last year in a, in a traffic stop. And it was 
it was horrible. It was tragic. It never should have happened. Clearly, the police were woefully and inadequately trained. And there's other things to it. And I don't want to go into that. But that's that's the reality of the world that we live in. So rule number one, do not say anything. Because anything you say can and will be used against you. Okay. Do you remember what rule number two was, Erica? It was along the same lines. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah if you're going to get busted, it's going to be because you gave them something to bust you with. That's right. That's right. All of the evidence that will be used against you will be furnished by you. Can you, can you believe that? Yeah. Does that, I mean, is that, excuse me, is that crazy or what? Well, this whole system to me is crazy. They just yes. they prey upon our ignorance of what their rules to the game are. Like they're taking our good natures. It's our nature to be like, oh, hey, officer, sorry about that. I don't know. Like, that's just what a normal good human, you know, is trained to interact like. But they use mm -hmm. it against us to suck us into their weirdo system. You know, and it's and it's the truth, right? Because, again, there's there's a lot of. And this is where I was going to say is, is there's a lot of confusion, I think, out there as to why are we being pulled into these areas here? Because when you look at it, right, I mean, if you look at the basis of common law, common law requires in order for there to be a, a civil or a criminal action under the common law, there requires to be a loss of life, liberty or property. And that's and that's what that's why you notice in the constitution under the amendments where it talks about, you know, you, everybody has a right to life, liberty, and property. Okay. That's your rights at common law. So a lot of these traffic stops, is there any life, to, is there any loss to, to life, liberty, or property? Like if you're driving down the road and you're driving 65 and the posted limit is 40 and a cop pulls you over, who who's the victim in that case? Anybody? Nope, not one. No, that's because there isn't. And so, the and and this is where this is where I, I, I was like, as I've been listening to George Gordon, it's really opened my eyes, and and really made me think about things as to why why do the police why do why does law enforcement do what they do? Is because well, number one, they've been trained. Right. This is how they're trained. They're not trained differently. They're not trained to say, hey. Everybody you have contact with has rights and we can't violate those rights. No, they're trained to say the law that comes from the legislature is a gospel truth law. And if it's violated, then you have a duty to enforce it. That's exactly what it is. And so if you really look at it, all of these traffic laws are violations and, and, and they're penal codes of violations of a quote unquote contract. Right. You've heard that before, Erica. Right. Right. So when you when you run down the road and you sign up for a driver's license, you're asking the government for permission to drive on your roads. D does that make sense to anybody? No, nope, that's why I don't do it. <laughs> why do we need to ask the government for permission? Well, see, because I didn't know any better. I was just a good little sheeple back then. I was one of the sheeple, and I just did what I was told to do. My mom yeah. and dad said, oh, you want to drive? You got to have a driver's license. Okay. I didn't question it because I didn't know I should question it. I do now, <laughs> clearly. So, but here's the problem. And this is what happens is like when people get pulled over by the cops and they're saying, I'm not operating in commerce. I'm not operating in commerce. You've heard that story before, right? Erica and justice, right. you've seen, you've seen the videos on, on YouTube where they're like, I'm not operating in commerce and all these yeah. things. And the cops are just like, 
I got one of these crazy lunatics here. Yep. And they have special trainings on that. I found that out from my from my security friends that your, they have specific friend? yes, they have specific training on how to deal with sovereign citizens. Oh they, they're they're being directed in their mind to view people who start talking like that, like, all right, game on. Like that's yeah. what they're being already directed to. So that's and that's what's insane to me is like, and you'll and, and when you listen to these George Gordon. Um, <clears throat> when you listen to these, these, uh, uh, recordings of his, he says, well, he says he's had interactions with judges and with law enforcement. It's like, Oh, Mr. Gordon, are you one of those constitutionalists? And then he says, judge, are you telling me you're not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I to understand? Let me see if I understand your position here, judge. You're telling me that you're not a constitutionalist and that this court is not going to guarantee and protect my rights. Yes. I tell my kids, always answer a question with a question. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to talk about that here as we move on through these rules. You know, when when a cop comes up to your window, what's the first thing that you should say? What's the first thing that you should do? And and really, it's going to depend. Do you have the temperature for this? Can you handle this? Can you maintain your cool? I, for one, guys, I'm just going to be blatantly honest. If I see the lights come on behind my in my rearview mirror, I start my heart starts racing. I'm just like, <laughs> but then I have to, after I sit there, I just have to cool down. All right. Let me calm, get, gather my thoughts. And then I can start acting and speaking intelligently. So. Oh, I laugh when I get pulled over. I'm I, To me, it's so funny. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like they have nothing better to do. Seriously. You know, Seriously. I went five miles over. I don't commit any crimes. Right. So when they pull me over, I just laugh. <laughs> I smile the whole time. Like whatever. Well, well, we have to remember too. I mean, and this has been going on, like I said, since, I mean, gosh, this was happening when Mr. Gordon was giving his lessons back in the eighties and he calls it the law enforcement industry, the mm-hmm. law enforcement industrial industry. So we've heard today, the military industrial complex, right? So they're, they're trying to start wars all over the, all over the world to fund and furnish the military industrial complex. Well, nothing is different here at home. Right. I mean, are we living in a police state? Right, we are. Yeah, (laughs) because we've got people who walk around with badges on their chest and guns on their hips and say, "If you don't do what I say, there's going to be some serious problems." And 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 we don't have enough people who are fighting back because what happens when the when the when the police violate their rights, they don't seek out the proper redress. Instead, they go right on down, spend their money with some bar licensed attorney who's just going to take their money and get them nowhere fast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens. And you want to be careful, especially now more than ever, because just like Erica said, they're now being trained based on the start of this. Like our poor friend, Renee started learning some of this stuff from David Strait and was led the wrong way. And she got pulled over. She called 911, which is a great thing to do, honestly. Yeah. Now you're holding the police accountable because you see how they abuse some of these people. Um, So it's good to have 911 on the phone if you felt like for whatever reason you needed to, but all she kept telling the police officer was, I am a woman. I am a woman. I am a woman. And the cop is like, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So I called James and I said, James, just go ahead and call her so you can talk to the cops because she was panicking and I didn't know what to say to the police. Right. So, yeah. but yeah. she just outright panicked because she started learning some of these things, which are truth. Some of it's truth. 
wrapped up in some lies that can get you in trouble. And the bottom line is the side of the road is not the place to pick the fight. No, no. And, and that's what, that's what I'm hoping. If there's anything that you guys gain from this, those of you who are watching or listening or how, or however you, 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 you uh, listen to our show, um, the side of the road is not the place to have your argument. No. I mean, if, if there is any more evidence of that, just look at the police encounters with, with good people, there's just, it's not the place. It's not the time. It's not the place, but that is the scene of the crime. Mm -hmm. That's what, uh, that's what, excuse me. That's what George talks about when, when we need to assert our rights, we have to do so at the scene of the crime. So that brings us to rule number three, every case that you are involved with will eventually be decided by the United States Supreme court. Did you guys know that? No. Mm -mm. So every case that you are involved with will eventually be decided. Now, it doesn't mean that your case is going to go all the way to the United States Supreme Court and then be decided. Chances are the issue or the major federal question. See, if you notice on the bottom of the screen there, it says you must create a major federal question as the action pertains to your rights. So this is where this is what happens is like, let's say, for example, you know, you're you're. You've had a couple of drinks, you're driving home, cop pulls you over and he arrests you for a DUI. Okay. After he arrests you, instead of taking you directly to a magistrate for a determination of probable cause, as is your right, he just takes you straight to jail and you sit in jail for a couple of days and then you have an arraignment hearing and you're sent on your way for your, for your, your trial. That police officer just divested the court of subject matter jurisdiction because he didn't follow proper due process of law. So now your case is no longer about whether or not you were driving drunk. Your case is now, why did you guys deny this man his due process rights? That's the major federal question. And those questions have already been decided by the, the Supreme Court numerous times over. So you guys have to keep that in mind is that as you're moving through these processes, whether whether the, the um, whether you're going on offense against oppress oppressive government officials or you're being prosecuted by your government, just know you got to create that major federal question. You got to get that in the back of your mind is to go, okay, what have you guys done to violate my rights? And George, uh, Mr. Gordon says this, he's like, you know, if they're going to violate my rights, I'm going to be more than happy to help them. <laughs> so uh he'll actually state, he'll actually say, you know, if, if he said before that if he's going to be arrested, he says, are you going to arrest me? And the officer says, yes, I'm going to arrest you. He says, are you going to take me to a magistrate? Or are you going to take me straight to jail? I'm not taking you to magistrate. I'm going to take you straight to jail. Oh, okay. <laughs> you see how that works? Now you've got, now you have the evidence that you need to back up and say, hey, I, I was at, I asked to be taken to a magistrate as is my right. They denied me my right. This is exactly what the courts have said, and what I'm learning is that if you want to take a case to court for a redress of grievances for violations of your rights, as stupid as this sounds, you have to vehemently demand your rights from these people and then watch them to violate your rights. Okay? Next rule. So, James, when you ask the police officer then, can you take me to a magistrate? No, not can. I demand or will you take you, me yes. instead of yeah. saying, are you going to, because if 
that you're giving him a choice as opposed to saying, I would like to be taken to see a magistrate. Yeah, or no, I here's, here's the other thing that, that George points out and that I really, I really love about him. And he says this too. And, and I want to, I want to make this very clear. He says, guys, if you're not having fun doing this, then you're not doing it correctly. <laughs> you should be having fun. You should, this should be, this shouldn't be scary. This shouldn't be um, something where you should be fearful. This should be something where you're just having a good, a good old time. And he says, but you have to understand too, they may take you to jail. And if, as long as you know that you have rights and that they're going to violate those rights and then you're going to be compensated for those violations of those rights, then you've got nothing to worry about. So um, that's, that's one of the things that he brought, that he brings up is he says, every time I have any interaction with any government official, I demand my rights, you know, and, and you're going to hear, Again, this this the, the recording from Georgia stuff is back in 84, 85, 86. He uses the term sovereign citizen. We already know that that term has been misconstrued and courts now treat people who claim themselves as sovereign citizens as terrorists. That no, is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's absolute word. asinine and ridiculous. Yeah. But it does not change the fact that here's what's interesting. The terms sovereign and citizen are actually synonymous. Synonymous. That's a hard word to say. Synonymous. There we go. Okay. We are all sovereigns. We are all citizens of this great republic. That's that's just the truth. So if, if the courts don't want to accept that, well, that's not my problem. That's theirs. And they're going to have to determine and they're going to have to tell the higher courts, why did you violate this man's rights to due process? Did he isn't, not demand them? Isn't the distinction that he makes have to do with U.S. citizenship, not citizens of the republic? Mm -mm. No. I mean, he does talk about where, and again, I don't want to get off into the weeds here. He does talk about how, you know, there's the, the corporate citizen and then there's the citizen of the Republic. He does talk about that. But at the end of the day, you don't need to argue things that are just irrelevant to your case. I don't argue stuff like that because it's irrelevant to my case. What's relevant to my case is I'm a citizen of this Republic. I have rights that are guaranteed to me by my creator and that are secured by the Constitution for the United States and the Constitution of my state. That's it. Yeah, That's all right. I care about. So, yeah, I mean, and even in simpler terms, I'm a free child of God and no man stands over me. There you go. You can't yeah. tell me what to do. You, you have just as much value on this planet as I do. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to hear the courts will say people, well, I'm a free man on the land or I'm a free woman on the land. You'll hear that all the time too. And, and the courts treat those people as frivolous litigant, litigants, even though they have a legitimate argument, but because they're choosing to use terms that excuse me, have been misconstrued it, the wrong way before. I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous to me. Well, I, they're doing it on purpose. It's gaslighting to keep, to keep exactly. people backed down and backed away from <clears throat> exercising their freedom. Exactly. Exactly. All right. That brings us to our next rule. Rule number four, we will accept nothing short of total victory or total defeat. Okay. I, I, I took this directly from, from George's uh, outlines, this is what he said. I, I, I dare say that we, we would just get rid of this total defeat. We will accept nothing short of total victory. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's why I have down here on the bottom, give me liberty or give me death. Well, not really, but it sounds cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that was, uh, oh gosh, why can't I think of his name? The, one of the founding fathers who, who spoke about that. Give me liberty or give me death. Um, Patrick Henry. There you go. Thank you, Patrick Henry. Um, yeah, it's... When you go into these situations, you must be able to fight it all the way through. And, and what do I mean by that? So I, I have helped a few people um, who have been criminally prosecuted 
And where I'm helping them, sometimes it feels like I'm more invested in the outcome of their case than they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not helping anybody right now. I'm just saying in the past, I've helped a few people. Um, and I'm trying to help them, you know, win their cases, but it's like, I'm more passionate about it than they are. And, and that's a real problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't be passionate about winning your case. I want to, cause I want you to win, but you have to be passionate about it. You have to be, I will accept nothing short of total victory. So that's, that's what you have to, you have to be willing to fight this again. Like I said, rule number three, all the way to the United States Supreme court, if that's what it takes. Okay. So let's move on to rule number five. And this is why we go to the United to the Supreme Court, because what is or is not law can only be determined by the Constitution for the United States, as well as the constitutions for each of your states. Uh Oh, Uh oh, what you guys hear that? Huh? Sorry, it just started echoing on the Instagram feed. Sorry. Oh, OK. Sorry about that. Um. Erica, you want to read that little line at the bottom there? The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Article 6, Supremacy Clause. That's right. It's Article 6, Clause 2. So a lot of people know that and refer to that as the Supremacy Clause. And that's because it is. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land and any laws that are made in pursuance thereof. What does that mean, in pursuance thereof? It has to be in alignment with the spirit of the whole thing. Exactly. You cannot make a law that contradicts anything that is proposed or that is that is codified in the Constitution or enumerated. So enumerated means written out, okay? So any law that is passed that is repugnant to the Constitution, according to the United States Supreme Court in Marbury versus Madison, is null and void, right? right. It's repugnant. Any law that is repugnant to the Constitution is null and void. So void for effect. So, but what's happening here is... is the, the American people have been brainwashed throughout all of these years of, of education that the legislature makes the laws and that whatever the legislature says goes. <laughs> Does that make sense to anybody if, if the legislature passes a law that says you can only fly your flag in, on your, in your front yard on certain days and you can't on others? It doesn't make sense, but it, understanding like human psychology, it makes sense. They do yeah. such a good job of training us over and over and over throughout the years to avoid getting in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the sad reality is, is that we have been, again, we have all been indoctrinated, whatever you want to call it. We've all been believed or, or trained to believe that we, we must do what the, those in authority say. But my, my question is, why don't we ever question that? Why don't we ever question authority? You're going to notice as we get moving on further into our rules here that there's a rule here that talks about that. So rule number five, what is or is not the law will only be determined by the Constitution for the United States. Okay, so rule number six. In light or, or along those lines, the highest court in the land is the Supreme Court. And when the Supreme Court says this is the way it is, then by golly, this is the way it is. Okay. What do you guys think of that? As long as they're following a set of laws that have already been established that they can operate by. Mm -hmm. And that's what we put them in for. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Does the Supreme Court get it right 100% of the time? I don't think so. No. 
I, I would say no, they don't. Um, what's interesting, though, is looking at the rulings from the Supreme Court recently, it feels like they're moving more back to constitutionally sound principles. Um, I'll give you just one example. There was a ruling that came from the Supreme Court in 1973. We all know that one. It was a terrible ruling. And it stood for 40-something years. Maybe no longer than that. Almost 50 years. Okay? And then it was recently overturned. So for 50 years, there was a bad precedent and a bad ruling, and it was overturned. So the Supreme Court doesn't get it right all of the time. But what's interesting, though, is when you look at our fundamental rights, especially as they are pertaining to due process, um, things of being criminally prosecuted, they get it right all the time. And there's hundreds of cases that you guys can find uh, that pertain to specific arguments. So when we argue in court... When we put arguments on paper, we need to back up our arguments using decisions from the United States Supreme Court. And they're not as hard to find as you might think they are. There's there's a handful of cases that actually really go to the heart to everything that we argue. So stick to that rule and you're going to be just fine. Even though these lower court judges, like these traffic court judges, these district court judges in some of these states, I mean, they're clueless. They're absolutely clueless. So... Even though you go in there and you have a sound argument from the from the United States Supreme Court and you get overruled and they move on and they continue to railroad you, that's fine. They're they're digging their own they're digging their own grave, proverbial speaking. <laughs> Make sense? Yeah, and I, I like that comment that Harrington just made about how governments can only regulate that which they create. Yep. Is that just not like a big picture? sort of a thing that most people miss mm -hmm. it, we're we're trained to see the trees but we miss that there's the forest yeah if they can get us to focus on the minutiae detail of all the little rules and ordinances and laws and you know blah 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 that we're supposed to follow but don't ever take that step back and let us realize that wait a second governments can't control men and women they're only able to control their state creations. <laughs> like, yep. that's, that's a huge concept that I wanted well, to make sure that was said out loud because that's like, that's everything. Does it make any sense to anybody where if, if, if we, when you look at your constitution, uh, I know here in the state, in my state, article one, section one, uh, excuse me, article one, section three, yeah, one of the Utah constitution states that all political power is inherent in we, the people, excuse me, section two. Okay. So if we, the people hold all of the power, and we delegate some of our power to the government for our convenience and for our benefit, then how is it that the government can now control us? The because creation is them. trying to control the creators. Does that make sense to anybody? Well, they're criminals, James. Well, I know that. That's hard. Sixteens, that's why. Because yeah, they're yeah. bullies. Yeah. They've been working so hard for decades and decades to dumb us down to the point where we don't hear the education. We don't hear it. Our children don't hear it in school. I'm teaching it because I'm teaching my own children. Yeah. But we can't expect that the government run schools are going to teach any of that to our children. That's true. So. Absolutely true. Harrington, you're, you're my new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said he plagiarized the governments can only regulate that which they create. He plagiarized that from me. So <laughs> I knew yeah. it sounded really good. <laughs> uh, all right. Rule number seven. 
Uh, Justice, you want to read this one? The foundation of your case starts at the scene of the crime and must be rooted in Supreme Court law and decision. We must okay. build our case from the very start. Example, the scene of the crime. Okay, what do I mean? What, do, what, what does uh, George Gordon mean by the scene of the crime? What would you guys say is the scene of the crime? As soon as a police officer or somebody else intervenes with you. There you go. Very beginning. Yep. So what this rule means is the minute you have an interaction with any government official, that is the scene of the crime. You must demand all of your rights that are available to you right then and there. Okay. You guys have heard of the case Miranda versus Arizona. You guys have heard that case. It's a pretty. It was a pretty uh, landmark case. Um, the basis of the case was uh, the Miranda fellow was actually a pretty bad dude. Um, he did some really bad things to people. But what happened was when the police arrested him, they beat the living daylights out of him until he gave a confession, and then they used that confession to convict him. So the Supreme Court overturned that and vacated that um, that judgment against Miranda and said, you guys, you cannot beat a confession out of somebody. That's not how this system works. And that's not how the rights work. And so the Miranda case set some basic standards that law enforcement is required to follow when they make an arrest. But what happens if you're not arrested? Do you still have rights before that? Oh, absolutely. Well, of course you do. Yeah. You have to assert those, right? So you're going to hear a lot of conflicting things. Like how many times have we had interactions with law enforcement, uh, Justice or Erica, where you walk up and, and the officer says, "Why well, I need you to give me some identification. I need to know who I'm talking to. Uh, only in the car I've had it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they, they pull you over, right? You're minding your own. You're, you're just driving along. They pull you over and then the demand to know who you are. Right. Does that make sense? No. If they have a warrant, perhaps after they've presented, you know, some probable cause that I've committed mm. a crime. And oh, <laughs> I like where you're going with this, Erica. I like where you're going with this. This is what this rule means. You must set up the foundation of your case the minute you have an interaction with any government official, whether it's a law enforcement officer or some joker down at the local county or a local municipality, or a code harasser, code enforcement harasser on your property, whatever, okay? You've got to be willing, you have to do that from the very beginning because what do we talk about right here, right? Respect power, rule number eight, respect power, but always question authority. Just who the heck are you anyway? <laughs> By what authority? So going back to our, our, our brief example, Police officer comes up to the window and says, uh, I pulled you over because you were speeding. What's your response? Oh, okay. Can you prove uh, it? I'm going to need your license and registration. I'd say prove it. And and this is exactly what George Gordon would say. He's like, okay, well, well who the heck are you? <laughs> by, by what authority can you demand this information from me? Just well, that's who are you? That's where I like Renee's response in calling 911. Yeah, yeah. She called 911, right? I mean, you can do that. And I don't think it's a bad idea. But the cop comes up to your window and says, Tell, you know, who, who are you? Who, I need your license, or I need this. He's like, well, who, 
or who are you? He's like, well, who wants to know? Answer a question with a question. Right. Do you know why I pulled you over? I just assumed you were bored. <laughs> and then you know. could say, well, did you, did you have a warrant or something like that? Like, what yeah, question, or you could say, question would you ask instead of making a statement? What question would we ask? Here's the question that I would ask. If a cop came up to me, pulled me over and says, do you know why you pulled me over? And I said, well, do you have probable cause? Right. For pulling me over? Well, yeah, I mean, my probable cause is that you were speeding. Well, guess what? Here in the state of Utah, speeding is what's called an infraction. It's called a summary offense. It's not a crime. You must have probable cause of a crime. Well, could you ask him, is speeding a crime? You could. But again, do we want to have arguments with these morons on the side no. of the road? No. <laughs> we don't, keep asking we don't, questions we don't want guys with guns feeling like you're trying to make them stupid, look stupid. Yeah. You, you the don't. Last thing you don't want to do, the last thing that you want to do is make them feel threatened in any set in, right. in any sense of or imagine of the word right i know right. but you just said it james if you're not having fun you know i i get that you know but again there's 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 a fine line you have to walk there it's like so if he if he comes up to my window and says do you know why i pulled you over and i'd say i have no idea but i assume you have probable cause for stopping me today that's a really good response i like that one i assume mm -hmm. you have probable cause for stopping me today well, you were speeding. Okay. If you say so, I'm not going to be a, you know, a, a wise, I can't say the word I want to say. I'm not going to be wise a, guy. A, a wise, yeah, wise guy. There we go. That's the one I want to say. I was going to say the other one. I, I can't be, a, I'm not going to be a wise guy, but I'm just going to say, well, if that's what you believe, you know, if that's what you're alleging. Okay. And then he's going to say, well, I'm going to need your license and registration. And then I'm going to say, Wonderful. Can I see the warrant, please? Mm -hmm. You have to demand your rights. So let me ask a question. Yeah. Is there, you know, I'm always coming from the place of I have no knowledge and I'm a beginner, right? So when I ask mm -hmm. these questions, which I am to some extent still, you know me, but is there something that we can help folks out there with a list of questions that they could, let's say, keep on their visor, right? Or yeah. a list of, um, of Supreme Court case law that states X, Y, and Z, like speeding is not a crime, those kinds of things. Is there something that we can provide for them? I mean, yeah, there is, but is it going to help you on the side of the road? No. Well, I think sometimes it just with getting flustered, like you said, how you get mm -hmm. flustered, um, you know, like asking for a warrant. And if the police officer says, I'm not required to ask you for a warrant, you can pull that down and say, well, the Supreme Court says so right here, officer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm, we're going to get to that here in some of the rules that, that we get moving on into where you're going to see exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Because um, you, when you get excited, your brain, all the blood drains, right? And oh, you yeah. really can't think oh, yeah. well. So. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get to that, which is why it's important that we're covering these. But I love these questions because, yeah, I mean, like I said before, I mean, go go back to, gosh, I mean, go back and review the the video of um, that young man here in Farmington last year yeah. who was killed by the police. He was he was citing Supreme Court stuff left and right. Did they listen? No. Well, they had an objective before they pulled him over. I you think. know, I, I agree. I, I there's there's the, I I think there was some serious things there, but again at. at when you look at things in general, 
you start citing Supreme Court decisions to law enforcement personnel on the side of the road, they're going to look at you like a deer in the headlights. But if my boss asking, says I have to enforce these laws and I'm enforcing these laws, but if you're asking, you're trained to do. They I mean, you just said you you would say to the officer, "Do you have a warrant?" Correct. So if you're going to say that, you have to be able to back it up. Well, see, and here's the thing: I don't have or, to back it up to the officer because I back it up on court. Okay. I have the Supreme Court decisions. Okay. And that's so going to be in my paperwork. Yes. In you're, court. you're now on camera stating your evidence. That's Correct. Okay. Exactly. This is the scene of the crime, right? We're, we're building the case, right, from the scene of the crime. So go back to what we just talked about, rule number five or six. It was the foundation of our case starts at the scene of the crime. So this is gotcha. what we're doing. Okay. okay. So we're going to get to exactly what you need to ask and what the Supreme Court has said you need to ask. Okay. So rule number nine. When in doubt as to what to do next, attack. <laughs> <laughs> the best defense is a good offense. Okay. So if you're not having fun, then you're not doing it correctly. We've talked about this. So I've talked to you guys before about, you know, some of the situations I'm dealing with, like with the three letter agency that likes to take money from people. I'm demanding my money back. They're ignoring me. So I've heard nothing from them. So should I just do nothing? Well, I can. Or I can go on the offense. I can sue them. I can force their hand in a court of law. And I plan on doing that. So, um, yes. And this is Bill. what we were just, this is basically the example of what we were just saying. Yeah, Bill, yes, we would absolutely. Um, we, we live in a day and an age where we have technology at our fingertips where we can record these interactions. I strongly suggest you do that. Anytime you have an interaction with a government official, whether it's, whether it's, uh, you know, in your local county office, your local municipality, your state offices or whatever, or even on the side of the road, pull out your phone. Most of our phones have cameras on them. Start recording. Okay, you have that right. That is a right you can do. That's protected under the First Amendment, and that's been stated by the Supreme Court numerous times. Okay, so again, when you guys feel like your, your case is stalled and you're not sure what to do, go on the attack. That's... That's always going to serve you well, okay? Rule number 12, uh, excuse me, 10. In this war, there is no substitute for victory, right? We talked about uh, rule number three, I believe it was. We'll accept nothing less than total victory. I think General MacArthur said it best. Do you guys know who General MacArthur was? Mm -hmm. You ever hear of him? He was the, the allied commander in the Pacific during World War II. Mm -hmm. uh, also did a lot of things during the Korean War. Uh, he said this, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. <laughs> there's just no, there's no middle ground. You either win or you lose. So if there's no substitute for total victory, then guys, we have got to have that mind. That's got to be our mindset. That has to be our goal. Whenever we go into anything we do, we are there to win. And, and a win may come in a number of different ways. It may come in the prosecution dropping the case. It may come in the judge dismissing your case. It may come in you being convicted and then you appeal it and the appellate court overturns your case. And then, and then it may come from when you actually go on offense and sue these people for violating your rights and you get a fat settlement check. There's any number of different things. Okay. That's what this means. You cannot accept anything less than total victory. There is no substitute for victory. You've got to stay on point there. Okay. All right. Now let's get into some important things to do when you're on the side of the road. So the Supreme Court has stated that there is a rule called um, 
It's what's known as the exclusionary rule. Have either of you guys heard of this rule before? The exclusionary, the exclusionary rule? rule? Uh-huh. No. You might have said it, but I can't remember. So w- what, what it is is the exclusionary rule is, is that any evidence that is obtained unlawfully cannot be used by the prosecution against you. So let's say, for example, go back to our situation here. You're driving down the road, 65 and a 40. Cop pulls you over. And you demand what it says right here to invoke the exclusionary rule. You must demand probable cause, a Fourth Amendment warrant, and counsel be present for questioning. Those are the three things the Supreme Court has said you must demand in order for the exclusionary rule to apply. So what happens is you make those demands. The cop ignores you, pulls you out of your car, and starts to search your car. And they, haven't, they happen to find a little baggie of marijuana. Yeah, that came out of their pocket. They came out of their pocket or something, right? So now not, they're not only charging you for speeding, they're also charging you for unlawful possession of a banned substance or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Can the, If you demanded probable cause, a Fourth Amendment warrant, and counsel, can they, can they use or even charge you with that marijuana? No. They can't because they didn't have probable cause that you were carrying marijuana to begin with. Right. Their probable cause was... You were speeding, if that's probable cause in and of itself. And, and I would dare say it's not. I would have that argument. So, right. again, there's that case. Any evidence obtained absent these demands cannot be used against you. Miranda versus Arizona. That's the biggest case that, that came down in the uh, mid-60s, 1960s. So, this goes back to, um, I think Harrington said this earlier. Let me see if I can find it. I was looking in the chat here. Um, where Harrington says... Ask if this is a custodial stop. Do you have a warrant? Am I free to go? If not, then I will call my lawyer before I answer any questions. Exactly. That's that's a roundabout way of doing it. But but yeah, and, and again, you, you have to these these are the things that you need to ask the officer on the side of the road. Because the Supreme Court has said if you're in custody, you have a right to not be questioned without counsel being present. And that's counsel of your choice. I'm not talking about a bar licensed attorney. That's counsel of your choice. Okay. So if you're stopped to say, uh, Mr. Officer, am I in custody? No, you're not in custody. Okay. Am I free to go? No, you're not free to go. Okay. Well, then I'm in custody. Even though I may not have handcuffs on me, even though I may, may still be sitting in my car, if I am not free to leave, then I am in custody according to the Supreme Court. So again, we're we're going to ask those questions, right? If if the if our public servants are going to violate our rights, well, by golly, we're going to help them. We're going to help them violate our rights all day, left and right, because the Supreme Court has stated again that we must be belligerent claimants of our rights. What what does that word mean to you guys? A belligerent claimant, Erica. Uh, well, standing firm and strong and. Claiming your rights. I mean, like, nev- like when you're belligerent, you're the guy that's gets thrown out of the party. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm for. Right? Is that what came to your mind, Erica? Belligerent. Well, I I'm a former psychiatric nurse. I worked in an intensive care unit, and that's mm-hmm. a, a common word that we would use to describe situations of a belligerent nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you. That's uh, definitely the squeakiest wheel. Uh, in the bunch, mm-hmm. uh, put it mildly. Yep. Yes. Rise of the Republic. Custody equals a custodial arrest. Yes. 
if you are in custody and if you are not free to leave, then you are under a custodial arrest. That's exactly what the Supreme Court has said. So I like I like your uh, definition or explanation of belligerent because you're absolutely right. I mean, you've had people they're just like, man, this guy is so belligerent. He won't even calm down. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we need to be. We must demand that the that our public servants secure our rights and protect our rights every single step of the way. Isn't that what government is for? Isn't yeah. that what we said that to secure that to these ends, to secure these rights, government are instituted among the people to protect their rights? Isn't that what what we set up this great experiment known as the United States of America? That's it. It's the only reason to protect That's it. their rights. Okay. Here's another interesting tidbit. Rule number 12, 90% of all convictions are obtained through admissions and confessions. Did you guys know that? No. 90%. 90%. And this is everything. I'm not just talking about like traffic cases. I'm talking like people brought in for murder and whatever. Any and all criminal cases that are prosecuted by the state. Wow. 90% of them. So again, if you shut your mouth and you don't answer questions, you've got a 90% chance of winning your case. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, do, I, do you like my little thing here in the bottom? Do you see why we keep our mouth shut? Mm-hmm. Because we don't need to give, we don't need to give the government any more. Um, what is it? Fuel ammunition, ammunition. We don't need to give them any more ammunition than they already have. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth, right? You have a right against self-incrimination. You need to use that. Okay, so here's another interesting thing. Have either of you ever been arrested? I'm just curious. Yes, I've been arrested. You've been arrested, okay. It's a great, it's a great story, and it oh, was fraudulent I it, nonsense. I bet it was. Mm-hmm. When you were arrested, did they take you to the jail, and they try to take your did they take your fingerprints and your picture and oh, all yeah. that stuff? Yep. yep. So... This is how belligerent of a claimant of his rights that George Gordon was. And I say was because he has since passed away. Um, When he was arrested and they would take him to the jail, he would refuse to allow them to take his fingerprints or his picture because he had a right against self-incrimination. You take my fingerprints, you're going to implicate me on a crime somewhere else. He said, I will not allow you to take my fingerprints without a court order. Go get a court order. Until then, I'm not giving you a dang thing. Well, then we have to take your picture. You're not going to take my picture. That violates my religious beliefs. That my re- my religious beliefs. That's a graven image. <laughs> he yep. wouldn't let him do any of this stuff without a court order. Now, does did it they mean get a court order? Him... What's that? Did they ever get a court order? He said it a couple times. They did. Okay. Um, but it, it's um, <clears throat> what's interesting though is. He said that there were a number of times where they just said, no, we're going to tackle you. And they just tackled him and forced it against his will. So he said, are you, do you mean to tell me? That's a uh, uh, um, battery, salt and battery. It, yeah, it is. It is. And again, he, he took these people to the cleaners. Oh, good. So he says, do you mean to, do you mean to tell me that, uh, that you, if I don't comply with your demands, you're going to do this any, anyway, or against my will and over my objections? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. All right. Then go right ahead. If that's what you're going to do. So again, if they're going to violate our rights, we're going to help them. So just remember by keeping our mouths shut 90% of the time, we're going to win. 
Okay. Rule number 13. <clears throat> a pro se must never plead, but always stand mute when asked, how do you plead? Do you, have you guys heard of that before? No. So this is something I thought was interesting too, but this is actually a, a this is an acceptable plea. So there's, <clears throat> there's actually four different pleas that you can, you can enter when you go into a court. So, you know, you walk into court and the judge says, okay, you're charged with such and such, such and such. Do you understand these charges as I've read them to you? And you say, yes. Okay, well, how do you plead? I plead not guilty. Okay. So by pleading not guilty, you're accepting the general appearance of that court. And even though the court may or may not have subject matter jurisdiction, that's again, that's to, yet to be determined. The court can actually move forward and prosecute you because you have voluntarily given the court your consent. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if you say I am not guilty, that's voluntary consent. If you say I'm guilty, that's voluntary consent. If you plead no contest, that's voluntary consent. So, so how do we plead without giving the court any type of consent? You plead, your honor, I, these, these charges before this court are not valid charges. This court has been divested of subject matter jurisdiction due to the lack of the pleadings filed by the prosecution, and I stand mute in this matter. Okay, that's that's an actual plea that you can do. You can no, do that in traffic court. The same as null teal. And you. It's very. There's no such record. Yep. It's very. It's very much the same as what Brent Johnson talked about. Null teal record. No such record. Very same. So the can you just though, say, is I, I plead mute or I stand mute? Can you? I stand. Mute? I stand mute. Yep. Okay. So you don't have to say anything else. That's it. Okay. And then, and then what's going to happen is the judge is going to go. Well, the law authorizes me to enter a plea of not guilty for you to move on. Then you're going to say, objection, your honor. I am not asking the court to enter a plea on my behalf. Well, the law says I can do it, so we're going to go ahead and do that. So I'm going to enter not guilty here. Your honor, I want this objection on the record that you have just entered a plea on my behalf over my will, against my objections and over, over my will. and against Without my consent. I can't even talk today. It's okay. Friday. It's Friday. You guys can tell. Under Against duress. my will and over my objections. There we go. And uh, and and the and the the court is moving forward without my consent. Great. All right. This court's moving on. Your Honor, I have one more question, and this is where we can actually use the Brent Johnson approach. Yes. Go right ahead. Um, by the courts entering the, the plea of not guilty, was that a judicial determination or are you practicing law from the bench? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you see, what what did Brent say? The, the judge does not like to lose control of his courtroom. How is he going to answer that question? Can he answer that question without answering the question? <laughs> without incriminating himself. Without incriminating himself. No, that's not a judicial determination. Okay, so if it's not a judicial determination, then you must be practicing law from the bench. And guess what? That's a felony. <laughs> no, I'm not practicing law from the bench. Okay, well, then that must be a judicial determination. You said I'm not guilty. Thank you. Case dismissed. Mm -hmm. Love it. <laughs> okay. So I've seen this before. Rise of the Republic says, I said I cannot plea. I still do not know the nature and the cause of the charges. You know, that's... That's one approach. However, 
The reason why we say I stand mute is because that is a legally recognized form of pleading. They will know what that is. Even though they're going to tell you that's not an acceptable plea. You're going to say, you're going to do what you're going to do, Your Honor. I stand mute in this matter. I am appearing here specially because I have this. I have heard that this court has uh, has history of depriving people of their life and liberty and property without coming into this court and under fear, threat, coercion, and duress of that. I am here, but I'm not here appearing generally. I'm here appearing specially, demanding all of my rights, and I'm never waiving my rights ever. With that in mind, I plead. I'm standing mute in this matter. Okay, so that's rule number thirteen. Let's move on to rule number 14. If you understand the charges against you, you are admitting to being competent to stand trial. Okay? So when the when the court says, do you understand these charges as I have read them to you? That's where you say, no, your honor, I do not understand. What specifically don't you understand? Well, I don't understand where where's the corpus delecti? Where's the body of the crime? Where's the victim in this case? Where is the, well, this isn't a, this is a traffic court. This is an infraction. Okay, wonderful. Where's the contract? How many times have we, have we asked for that in traffic court? So a traffic violation is an infraction. Well, an infraction is a violation of a contract. Where is the contract? Well, they claim it's your driver's license or some such. They, they do claim that, but guess what? Your driver's license is not a valid contract. It's a quasi contract. So what must what what does a valid contract have to have? Well, it's got to have signatures from both parties yeah. involved. There has to be consideration, and there has to be a meeting of the minds. Those right. are the four basic elements of a contract. Yeah, it's a one-sided. You signed, and no one else signed. Exactly, it's one-sided. So again, it's not a valid contract. So does the court have an enforceable cause of action? No, they do not. So no, Your Honor, I don't understand these charges because it appears to me as an infraction. This is being prosecuted under administrative law. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Wonderful. The prosecution has failed to submit the evidence of a valid contract that, that, that this court can enforce under these penal codes. Absent that contract, this court has no cause of action that it can grant relief for. And if you're claiming that this is a common law crime, well, then where is the other man or woman who's claiming loss of life, liberty, or property that has direct knowledge that I was the one that, that did that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it, it's not really as hard as we may make it sound. I mean, I was, I was speaking last night to this, this wonderful group of people. And at the end of the meeting, we had a kind of a question and answer. And that a lot of people's like, I am nowhere near the expert that you are. I couldn't do this. And I'm like, yes, you can. I am not an expert. I'm a nobody. Gosh. But you have a different, your brain functions differently. I mean, how long have you and I been speaking and have been going through this stuff? There's things that I still don't remember. So it's, we all have a different capacity for memory and stuff. And you have an amazing, like I mentioned, you're like my husband. He can read something and remember it verbatim. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I mean, that is one of my gifts that God has given me is that, you know, I can retain information fairly well. Right. I'm not perfect. And you teach I stumble, well. I stumble over my words all the time. Um, I am not the greatest orator <laughs> speaker. You do great. So, 
But when it comes to writing things um, and putting my thoughts on paper, I do a pretty good job with that. And I would agree with that. But the point that I'm trying to make is we all have a duty and an obligation to stand up for ourselves Mm -hmm. and for our brothers and sisters, which is why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. I want to empower my brothers and sisters in this great country of ours to stand up for their rights. But I can't do it for you. You've got to be able, willing to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So this is why we this is why we do this show. This is why I try to educate as many people as I can using the technology we have at our hands so that you too can stand up to this massive police state that's coming on top of us that they're trying to do. I really think that this year is going to be a, a, a monumental year for change. I really do. But again, it starts with us at the local level. We have got to take local action. Mm-hmm. Grassroots. That's right. Okay. So again, this goes back to the heart of the issue. At the scene of the crime, we're always going to demand probable cause. We're going to demand a Fourth Amendment warrant, and we're going to demand counsel of our choice. This is what the Supreme Court has stated are the requisites required to challenge jurisdiction. If you don't demand these things and you go into that traffic court, you don't have much of a basis to stand on to say this court doesn't have jurisdiction. Again, if you're if you voluntarily agree to this stuff, then they can do this. If it doesn't mean that you can go back and fight this later, I want to make that very clear. Sometimes you're going to hear some people, and even George Gordon states this, that um, if you volunteer in it, that you're in it, there's no way getting out of it. That's not true. The court still must prove on the record that they had subject matter jurisdiction. <clears throat> it's just a lot easier when you demand these things at the scene of the crime when you go in to fight this in court on paper and they don't prove it, because again, if, if you demand this stuff from the officer and he doesn't tell you his probable cause, or he says is your probable cause is for speeding. Well, that's not probable cause. We know that he doesn't present a warrant demands your identification, steals it from you. And you say, I'm not going to answer any questions without counsel present. And he doesn't allow you to get counsel. Well, guess what? He just divested the court of the jurisdiction. It needs to be able to enforce any action from this officer. Right at the scene of the crime, even before the stupid prosecuting attorney gets involved. Because you guys know that these these are the things that um, that really get under my skin. Did you guys know that the only um, a district attorney is not a constitutionally appointed attorney? Did you guys know that? I thought they weren't elected by the town, no? Well, they can be. But constitutionally speaking... The only individual who is allowed to prosecute crimes on behalf of we the people is a prosecuting lawyer, not a district attorney or a prosecuting attorney, as we might call him. So what happens is, is that, you know, you're charged with an infraction. It's sent over to like a local district attorney of some kind or even just some Joe Schmo from a law firm that's contracted with the local municipality or township or whatever. And they're prosecuting the crime. And it says the city of such and such or the state of such and such versus so-and-so. Well, that tells you right there, this is an administrative crime. Mm -hmm. This is an administrative infraction. Because if it was a common law crime, if it was a crime against we the people, it would say the people of the state of so-and-so versus such and such. Right. So it's a corporation, a company that's... Exactly. Again, administrative law. That's all this is. Administrative law. Okay. 
Rule number 16, we talked about this, always demand all of your rights at all times and at all hearings. And on every piece of paper you sign, this is includes but not limited to citations, tickets, letters, and motions to the court. People do not sign things you don't want to sign. Okay, just, just stop doing it. Stop signing contracts that you don't understand. And if you're being forced to sign it, there's nothing wrong with writing signed under threat, duress, and coercion. Nothing wrong with putting that on there whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If you're at the side of the road and the officer hands you the ticket and says, sign this, and you say, well, what are you going to do to me if I don't? I'm going to haul you off to jail. Okay. Sign your name. Signed under threat, duress, and coercion. That just voided anything that that, that document may say. And it's not a contract. Contrary to what people may think, that officer is not trying to get you to contract. That is not what's happening there. All that you're doing when you sign a ticket is you're agreeing to appear. Yeah, you're admitting. And you're admitting. So stop signing things. If you don't agree with the contract, stop signing it. Yeah. If you're being forced to sign it, sign it under threat, duress, and coercion. Don't start using this UCC nonsense. It doesn't apply to us. So stop doing it. I've seen people sign their name UCC 1-307. What does that even freaking mean? I know you're I know you're trying to reserve your rights, and I get that, but it's inherently known you have rights. All you need to do is, is hey, I'm being forced to sign this against my will. I don't want to sign this piece of garbage, but they're forcing me to because if I don't, they're gonna haul me off to jail, and I don't have the time to go to jail right now. I've got too many things going on in my life. I don't know and that anybody has time. And you can also add to that all rights reserved. If you want, you can. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just known. You state it. Well, you you know, what do they say? We don't assume, James. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Rule number 17. This is a good one. Always demand counsel of your choice under the Sixth Amendment at every hearing until you get it or until you establish reversible error. This does not mean a licensed bar attorney. What does that mean? I can call you? That's right. You can demand, I have a right to counsel of my choice. Assistance of counsel of my choice is my right. Now, James, what if they say, Mr. Tracy, you're practicing law without a license? (laughs) And I'd be like, "Um, that's your accusation, and I would love for you guys to prove it. Be my guest. And then they'll say, well, then why are you here assisting as counsel? Because you asked me to. But then you're practicing. I'm be, I'm playing devil's advocate. You're playing. Then you're practicing. If you're representing yourself as counsel, I'm based on what you and I went through. Is where yeah. I'm going with this. You're based- yeah, I know. The problem is, is that I can't go in there and speak on your behalf and speak for you. But I can absolutely be right there next to you, and I can help you, and I can tell you what to say. See, they don't. They didn't even want to allow me to do that. No. Well, not without we have to go behind and then I have to remember what you say and then they slip you a little tricky statement and then you don't know mm-hmm. what to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. they definitely know. They know what they're doing. Yeah. But, um, OK, so you can call anybody. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an attorney, a licensed bar attorney. Yeah. I Let me see if I can find. There so I'm going to give you all James's phone number at the end of this. Those <laughs> that's, no, 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 no. That's not what we're saying here, people. I'm kidding. Um, let me see if I can find um, the Supreme Court case that says you have a right to request someone who could be even your next friend. So yes, you know, I'll have to great. look it up. That's I'll have to look it up and see if I can find it. I think I might have it in uh, in a different spot, but 
Um, that's. Okay. We'll post that in the Instagram later. I mean, in the Telegram chat. Yeah, let me see if I can find it. I have it here in my saved cases. Let's see. Is it this one? I don't remember which one it was. It's anyway. I'll find it. It's one of these cases where it's basically stated that um, you have a right to. Uh, is this the one? No summaries. Title equal protection of law. Nope, that's not the one. Um, I'll, I'll figure it out and we'll post it in the Telegram chat. But anyway, the Supreme Court has stated that you have a right to uh, counsel of your choice. And if they deny you that, well, that's a reversible error. So well, now, Mr. and this, and this, you're going to hear this is like, well, Mr. Mr. Tracy, you, you can have a licensed attorney at the side of you. No, I don't want this joker. You know why I don't want this joker? Because the Supreme Court Chief Justice a, a handful of years ago said 90% of all trial lawyers are incompetent. So I've got a I got a ten percent chance that this guy has a clue as to what he's doing. I don't want him. I want somebody that I know that I can trust. I want my good buddy Brandon Sibley sitting next to me. I want my good friend Erica sitting next to me. Right. So the definition, if they get technical with you, there's two. And the first one is advice, especially that given formally. Mm-hmm. And then the second is the lawyer or lawyers conducting a case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given, giving give advice to someone is to counsel. So yeah. Assistance of counsel for his defense. Does that sound like, um, Oh, you need to hand the reins off to somebody else and put your life in the hands of some guy who's just making a buck. I'm not saying that the law profession is bad. I'm not saying that attorneys and that all attorneys are, are bad. I'm just saying and repeating what the Supreme court has stated that 90% of the attorneys that argue cases in front of them are incompetent at the Supreme freaking court. Mm-hmm. So if they're, if 90% of the attorneys there are incompetent, do you think you're going to find a, a, a constitutionalist, one who's going to guarantee that all of your rights to due process are followed? No, because you know why? Because these morons think that what the legislature puts on paper is gospel freaking truth. They don't understand our rights come from God and then they don't come from a piece of paper. They don't get right. that. Or they won't admit it. They won't admit it. So this is why we always demand. And, and, and I, again, I would encourage you guys listen to the George Gordon tapes. There's a lot of good stuff. And he goes through all of this where they deny him time and time again, his right to his to counsel of his choice. And he keeps bringing it up. Well, this court has denied me my counsel of my choice. We've already been down that, Mr. Gordon, we've already been down that path. We're not going to relitigate that issue. All right, I'm just letting you guys know that you've denied me my right. So, okay, rule number 18. Always repudiate any suggestion of a licensed lawyer or public defender at every opportunity without fail. So when they try to, to pawn on you a public defender, no. I don't want it. There it is right there. Supreme Court. 90% of all trial lawyers are incompetent. So Ms. George Gordon talks about a situation where the court ordered him. He says, I'm going to order that you accept this public defender. And so he said, okay. So he went down and he made an appointment with this public defender. And he says, I'm going to interview this guy to see if I actually want to hire him. And he starts going in there and interviewing this guy. I mean, he had 115 questions. <laughs> that he wanted to ask this lawyer. And the first one that he started asking was, 
something along the lines where, where the lawyer's like, are you insulting my intelligence? And he says, no, I just, I'm just saying that Supreme Court has said 90% of all trial lawyers are incompetent. I'm just under trying to get a handle if you're competent enough to represent me and my so, case. Yeah. Or he could have said, no, I'm just exposing it. Yeah. And he said, well, the conversation broke down right there. The guy threw me out of his office and he filed a notice with the court that says, I'm not representing this guy. <laughs> Perfect. You. Thank you. So there's, there's, there's a lot of interesting things that, that can come with this, but again, don't accept what the court is telling you. You have to do, do not accept. Well, this is a, you know, this is an administrator. We don't hold jury trials here. We only hold bench trials. And if it's a jury trial, it's a trial. It's a jury of six people. No, I'm demanding my right to a trial by jury of 12 of my peers. That's what it is. And I'm objecting. Well, your objection is overruled. Well, we'll see how well that works out for you later on. Okay. All right. Last one. Rule number 19. A public defender is qualified to plea bargain and lose every time. Have you guys ever noticed any public defender that actually vehemently fights to exonerate their client? No. <laughs> no. Maybe it, it, back it, in the day, James, but it's, it hasn't been that way in a long time. It, you, you know no. what? It's so funny is, is I remember talking with, gosh, I can't remember who, who it was I was talking with. It was somebody we were trying to help, and they said they had a public defender, and the public defender was saying you should just bar plea bargain this out, plea bargain this out. Rather than actually try to stand up and fight it, they were like, nope, just plea bargain this out. Hmm. So this is that's why it's rule number 19. They are qualified to plea your case and lose every single time. I, I remember incriminating myself um, by saying, well, wouldn't a plea bargain be fraudulent? Because if I was speeding at 60 miles an hour, why are you guys then lying and saying that I wasn't? Like, mm -hmm. I re literally remember that one time I went to jail. Mm -hmm. It was like, long story, but it was speeding, like some ridiculous five miles over the speed limit or something. But I'm like, what's a plea bargain? Oh, they'll give you a lesser charge. I said, but I didn't commit a lesser charge. Right. I admit it. So you guys aren't honest to begin with. I, I mean, that's what you do when you're 20 and you're stupid or whatever. But think about it. It's all about making money because why would they then plea bargain? Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's again, I, I, I don't understand why thing why people do things that they do. I, I don't. I don't understand why there is a public defender's office who doesn't actually defend their clients. I don't understand that. It's about money. It's because because again, you're right. It is about money. So here, here's here's something interesting: is that one of these traffic courses, uh, traffic cases, if you were to fight that all the way to the Supreme Court, <clears throat> now George Gordon said back in 1985 that would have cost the city. $60,000 in 1985. How much money would that be today? Lots of money. <laughs> Probably closer to half a million, if not more. So if it's going to cost you nothing, you can fight that all the way to the United States Supreme Court and it'll cost you nothing as a defendant, but it's going to cost them over half a million dollars just to defend that. Mm -hmm. So again, this is, this is a churn and burn. This is why you see so many people. I mean, if you don't believe this, just go... Go down to your local traffic court one day and just sit there and see how many people they're just processing through there. 10, 15, 20 people. Do you understand these charges? Yes, Your Honor. How do you plead guilty? Okay, pay the fine as you leave, you walk out the door. That's what happens. Yep. And sometimes, again, and I'm and I'm guilty of this too, where we've done it because it's convenient. Yes. 
And they know I don't that. have the time to fight this. Like my, 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 my numbskull of a nephew, don't get me wrong. I love the kid, but he parked his car, which is, which is in my name. He parked his car on the street and got a ticket. I didn't have time to fight it. So I had to pay the stupid ticket. But if I had time, believe you me, if I had time to fight it, I would have, but I don't. So this is where, this is where it gets tough. And this is the struggle that we have, you know, that, that fine line that we have to, um, toggle between, but at the end of the day, a public defender is going to be qualified to lose every single time. So no one knows your case better than you. Even though you may not feel competent enough to speak on your behalf, there are people who are willing to help you. I'm willing to help you. Anybody's willing to help. Just ask for it. So, and that, my friends, are the 19 rules that you must follow if you expect to win. And go to YouTube and look look up George. Yes. There's lots of videos. Lots yeah, of he's got like 20-something videos. I'm still listening to them all. I love them. They're a great thing to listen to that when I'm driving in my, my truck to and from places. So, yeah, George, George is a great man. He's got a lot of good information. So, um, you guys, I, I again, I, I can't reiterate enough that if you – if you become a belligerent claimant of your rights, you're going to start winning. Even in these stupid little traffic courts, you're going to start winning. So just focus on the fights that need to be fought. Let's stop fighting amongst ourselves over, over petty, stupid stuff. And let's start focusing on, focusing on things we need to do to win. So um, with that, that's all I've got, you guys. Any any closing thoughts you guys want to add, Erica or Justice? Yeah, um, I was just thinking to reiterate because um, Justice was asking about what what kind of thing you could have on your on your visor or whatever if you get freaked out. Mm-hmm. Rule number fifteen, I think, was a really good suggestion for listing out those three things that yep. about the um, subject matter jurisdiction. You know, demand the probable cause. Um, what was the other ones? Um, the, like, the three, the three things, if you do nothing else at a traffic stop, this warrant. is it, Mr. Officer, what's your probable cause? I demand a fourth amendment warrant and I will not be answering any questions without counsel of my choice present. Yeah, fourth and fifth amendments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what's your probable cause? Yep. And don't let these guys bully you into telling you who, telling them who you are. You have a right to your privacy. That's what the fourth amendment is. All persons have a right to be secure in their person in their house's personal effects and papers. So well, he cannot, well, well, the law says I can demand your if I have this and I can demand this. It's like okay, well, I'm just telling you right now, you, without a warrant, you don't. Well, within reason, which is why you were saying to ask for it, and you know it's on their body cams because mm-hmm. there's lots of people doing that now, and you see the footage, and especially if you're a male, they mm-hmm. will rip you out of the car and manhandle you. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, and we don't want that. We don't want anybody. So don't push it so far that they're going to rip you out of the car. Give what in. What are going to do sure with the smiling you? pregnant lady? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> who's got who's got herbs and and fresh baked bread in the chair next to her and a kid. They don't care. Mercy, you know. Like, yeah. They're beating women up everywhere. They don't care. There's no more honor um, amongst these men. It's crazy. So Joe Spencer says here in Utah, you do have to tell them your name and birthday. So there is a statute that says that, but do you guys remember what I said earlier in the broadcast? 
Marbury versus Madison. Mm-hmm. All laws which are repugnant to the Constitution are null and void. Right. Wait a minute, Joe. Don't I have a right to my privacy? Isn't that a protected right under the Fourth Amendment? Yeah. So no, I do not have to tell them my name and my birthday. Even if I'm being suspected of a crime, they can go get a court order. Go get a court order ordering me to tell you who I am. The criminals change things for their benefit. So they've come in and created statues to, you know, just like that thing I sent you yesterday, James, they clearly created mm-hmm. something that says you can't sue for fraud now or they can't go to jail for fraud, which is, yeah. which they're, is. They're, they're, trying, they're trying to cover their butts right. by legislating. Oh, this is your get out of jail free card. No, that's yeah. not how it works, right? That's okay, exactly again. what they did in Indiana. It's, with, they did, they with did it everywhere. The to protect them from COVID measures. Yep, they've done it everywhere. They've done yeah. it everywhere. So, well, guys, thank you so much. I apologize. I got to jump off for a work phone call, but gosh, I'm so glad we got together. It's good to see you all. Um, everybody, this year is going to be a great year. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited by the movement. Uh, the, 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 those folks that I met with last night were really excited and willing to help. Um, I told them how they can help me in my personal case. Um, and I told them how they can help themselves if they're willing to file what I filed. Um, it's out there. You guys, it's there. Take it, use it, plagiarize it, go file cases, start putting property tax issue cases in front of the federal courts and in front of these people. Hey, James, yes. do you know if anybody recorded that last night? Did Jen record it? I don't know that she did. Um, can, you, can you ask her to see if anyone did? Cause I'd love to put it up on the channel. If someone got any recording. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if she did. I'll ask her. I was asking her if it was being recorded and I thought she said she was going to, but I don't remember if they did. So, okay. Um, it's not a big deal. I just went over my lawsuit and just talked, you know, a little bit more about what we're talking about today and what we've talked about in yeah, but if there's one piece of information, you know, candid conversations are so much different than broadcasts. So yeah, I agree. I agree. That's and that's why I have you guys here. <laughs> and I wanted to come I enjoy, record. I, I I agree. I enjoy having these candid conversations back and forth with you, and then we'll we'll have some other guests on. So yeah, um, it's, it's it's nice to pick the minds of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, anyway, you guys, thank you so much. God bless you all. Uh, we will catch you. Whoops. That was, that was, that was a, my bad, boo-boo. Wow. Your finger's a little too quick there. <laughs> uh, well, we will catch you all next week. God bless you all. Until then, take care, everyone. Okay. Bye now.